<laughs> All right, Miss Lisa, I want to thank you for trusting me. First off, with your interview and you getting your story out, so thank you. First, thank you for trusting me. So, Ms. Lisa, where are you originally from? San Antonio. Jerry, San Antonio. Okay. And what brought you down? What brought you down here to the South Houston, Lamarck, Texas City, Santa Fe area? Oh, life, <laughs> work. I guess I don't know. I came. I came to Houston the very first time I came to Houston. I was eleven. My dad adopted me. Or found me at 11. So he lived in Houston, Spring Branch area. And then we moved to Corpus when I was a kid. I'm not sure how I came over here. Back over here. Oh, my first husband's parents lived over here in Houston in the Mangley Gardens over there by the Fenton River. That's what brought us back down. We were homeless a lot in my teenage years, and we slept over there by the river next to their house. <laughs> they wouldn't help us, so we just slept nearby. <laughs> and then, I don't know. I lived, yeah. That's what brought me to Houston the second time around. Relatives. All right. So, Miss Lisa, you are, you have an amazing story. You are a warrior, survivor, fighter. You, you are a very strong woman. So, tell us about your childhood, because in, during your childhood, you had a lot of things that you experienced, but just listening to you see who you are today, it actually did, sh it, it strengthened you in ways that when I listen to you tell your story and I look at you, I'm like, this woman is highly intelligent. Like you really are. So tell I us how intelligent I am. But <laughs> <laughs> I made a lot of dumb choices along the way. So tell, tell us about your childhood and, and growing up. Growing up. Um, I don't know, I blocked out a lot of my childhood with my mother. So there's only bits and pieces I can remember of that. But she was very abusive. And I don't know when she separated from my father. I have no idea on the details and none of that. But all I remember is my stepfather, my mother. She was abusive and we left her. I don't even know what age we left her, CPS found us. I don't know. It's hard. She's very abusive. Very mean. Spirited woman. <laughs> so what else would you like to know about it? Some of the details? No, no, you don't have to go into details. <laughs> so then you said around 11 was when your father found you. Yeah, probably 10 or 11. I was in a foster home. And I think we were out shopping. And a relative of my aunt saw us, and then that went back to him, and then he found me. And I went to live with him. First, I went to live with my grandparents. And then I went to live with him. Probably about 11. 
I thought was going to be a good thing, but it wasn't. I used to dream about him finding me when I was in foster care. Uh, what's that guy's name? William Shatner? Yes, I remember him. I used to like him because he reminded me of my father. So I always watched his shows. <laughs> Aw, that's a, a, a friendly face as a, a reminder. And then, um, so you said it didn't turn out quite how you expected it, so. No, I don't know how long I was there. I wasn't there very long when he started his mess, but all I remember is the very first time was we were laying on the couch together watching TV, and then he slowly put his hand on my breast. And that's when it started. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just dealt with it. And then he raped me here and there until I was 15, 16. And I ran away and left. Wow. So your dad finding you and you going to stay with him wasn't everything you expected it to be? No, not at all. Not at all. So you said you, you ran away. Ran Did away. You... Lived with a... Uh, shoot, let me mute that. I can. Nope. I went to go live with a friend of mine, her uncle like two weeks and then she introduced me to these two guys and we went and moved in with them and that's when I got introduced to the drinking a lot well I was drinking I was stealing booze from my father <laughs> and I was in, in uh, high school <laughs> and I was skipping high school I don't know. Go ahead with your question. <laughs> so through, throughout, so you were staying with, uh, you said a, a friend or a relative when she ran away. A friend. A friend. Yeah. And then she introduced us to this two guys and we went and lived with them for a little while and then we ended up getting together with them. And mine turned out to be a cheater Abusive, alcoholic, druggy, lazy. Not a very good person, but I stayed with him anyway because I loved him. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Was he your first love? Yep. Well, yeah, pretty much. I don't know, pretty much. I kind of, it was kind of crazy because, uh, I kind of like the other guy more than I like the one I chose. <laughs> I remember they all said, they sat down, y'all need to decide who, who y'all want. <laughs> so I chose him. I shouldn't have. But I did. And I did love him. He, he was only abusive when he drank. So I just never gave up hope that he would finally quit drinking. He never did. He tried. He tried. He so, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> <Next one. laughs> 
So at what point were you like, okay, it's time for me to leave this situation and I move never on? Came to that point. No, I never came to that point. I, I told you, but in 91, he died in 91 by drowning. And he had hit me, cococked me in the face to get my purse so he could get our last money to go buy beer and wouldn't give it to him. So he hit me. In that moment, I told God, just take me out. I'm done. I can't be here no more. I can't leave him. Just take me out of this world. <laughs> and then he died like two weeks later. God. Dead. And, yeah. I remember in the hospital, he drowned in the San Jacinto River. I remember... They lifelighted him to the hospital, and then I finally made it to the hospital. And I remember whispering, I love you in his ear, and a little machine beeping, and he died like a few hours later. But I know he heard me. Wow. So after, after that, after staying in the relationship and, and it ending like that, how did you... How did you move forward from that? Well, I don't know. I was, I remember I was thinking about dying and killing myself shortly after that, sitting there waiting on my children to come home from the school. I'd bought a gun for protection. <laughs> but then I started thinking about dying and stuff and killing myself and I went and pawned that sucker. So I didn't do no, nothing stupid. And then I had a friend suggest me since I wasn't doing very good morning start dating so I did that I put an ad in the green sheet and I did that love at AOL back in them days <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I met Steven's father he was green sheet baby Steven <laughs> so I did that I think what me getting pregnant is what made me hang on I got pregnant that's what made me hang on and that was a pregnancy for the I did by myself. So it was a good thing because I learned then when abuse, a person is abused their whole life and they wouldn't raised right, they tend to take that to their children and raise their children the same way. I kind of learned with Stephen about children a lot better when I raised him by myself and I didn't have no trauma to have to deal with from the man. <laughs> so I became a better parent when I did that more understanding for kids when I had Steven. I actually got to see child, these children, they don't do this on purpose, you know. They're just little kids. But I was raised that little kids knew what they were doing and when they lie, it was not good. And they don't listen. So we, I was kind of a strict parent in the beginning. Mm. My ways after I had Steven. So, and I was raised very badly. Yeah, you, after you say you were abused by your mother, went into CPS and foster care, found by your father, went to live with your father, abused, sexually abused and raped by your father, ran away, got with a gentleman who was physically abusive, had children, he passed away and then you found someone else had another child and now you're a single mother with, I was with two 
yeah, two, three kids, thing with three kids. And then I had another one I was trying to get back. He was my first one I lost when I was homeless as a teenager. My dad got him, took him from me. I think we were sleeping, we were homeless. Um, most of my pregnancy was my first one in 1980. I think it was born in 80, 80, 80, 80 or 81. I was homeless most of that time and we traveled hitchhiking most of my pregnancy, hitchhiking from state to state to every one of my husband's relatives trying to find a place to be. <laughs> and we got an apartment in Corpus. We was in Corpus. And I remember I was pregnant with Danny and my husband got a job at a restaurant as a dishwasher. We were living with some guy from the church. And uh, that guy from that church was drunk when I got there. And that, that man held me down and humped me, humped my leg. What? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> it was a bad experience. So we didn't live there very much longer after that. But then we found a place to live. And we weren't there very long. We lost that. And so I was homeless with the baby and newborn. We were sleeping behind a church, and uh, we got robbed. All of our belongings were gone, but the baby was still there. But he was full of polka dots. He had a whole bunch of polka dots all over him. And at the time, at 16, I didn't know what that was. Turned out to be mosquito bites. And so we took him to the hospital because of it. And my dad came. They called my dad, and my dad took the baby from there. And then he made me sign papers saying I was giving him temporary custody for uh, medical reasons. And it turned out that it wasn't temporary custody papers. I just gave up my rights and I didn't even know it. What? Wow. But I was allowed to see him. I got to see him. So I went to visit. You can imagine having to go visit your kid with your abuser. I went to go live with him. I was homeless. I think my husband, my aunt talked me into going back to live with my dad before I had the baby. And uh, I didn't want to, but I did. And uh, she gave my husband like five or ten dollars, and I told him, Don't drink it up. But he drank it up. And he wound up passed out on the highway, and they took him to a rehab, which I didn't know. But my dad came in, the, they put me in a trailer away from the house. And my dad came in there one morning and woke me up, and I just left pregnant. I was like nine months pregnant, and I just left him. I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not taking that chance. You're going to come mess with me again. Well, <laughs> I left. Pregnant and homeless. Slept outside until I found my husband, which was an accident. I just accidentally walked. I was walking down the road, and there he was working out at some rehab place. And, of course, he, he checked himself out and took our last two money and bought beer. What? <laughs> I got lots yeah, I, st I think I was seven, seven years after my first husband died, I was uh, single for like seven years, raising the four kids, plus, yeah, four kids. Stephen was four when I met Travis. All right, so now you have four children, single mother, and you... You've gone through a lot from 11 
two, now you have you're a single mother with four children. So at this point, where are you and what's going on in your life? While I was single, I was struggling to pay for, I think, uh, Magnolia Gardens. I, got, I left Magnolia Gardens, the floods of 94, took out my house. So after my husband died in the Sanderson River, the Sanderson River decided to come take my house. <laughs> Three years later. And then FEMA gave me like 10 grand and I went and got a double wide trailer and moved to Baytown. And I was there for a couple of years. And then I lost it because I couldn't afford it. So I got repoed, moved in some apartments. And then my son, who was like 17 or eight, not quite 18 yet, uh, was a handful. And he met Travis. And then Travis moved in with me because he didn't have nowhere to be. And that's how I met Travis. Travis was only 20 when I met him. I was 34. What? <laughs> All right. So now you have, so now you're in your apartment. Fortune got me kicked out of my apartment because loud music and all kinds of ruckus there. So landlord says, well, you can stay, but he's got to go. And I said, well, I said, if he's got to go, then I got to go because I'm all he's got. <laughs> so, I forgot what happened. Oh, we went to New Mexico after that. Okay. So now you're in New Mexico and, and from New what happened in New Mexico that and then how did you get back down to Texas? Oh, what happened in New Mexico? We took the whole family, everything in the car, including Travis, all the kids. I wasn't pregnant yet with none of Travis's kids yet. I just had mine. Uh, we just looked for work and it didn't go very well. I think we were here about there about eight months. But Christopher, the one that's homeless now, pulled, uh, decided to start drinking and doing all kinds of drugs and ended up getting CPS called on us. So CPS took him. He got left in New Mexico and we left. I forgot why. I think I've been there a couple of times. It's a really long story. <laughs> no worries. We are going to work out your story so we can tell the world. So I got an abusive mom that liked to, I don't know, she used to lock us outside a lot. So we did, I remember digging in trash cans for food to eat. And I remember her coming looking for me one time and I remember hiding somewhere so she didn't see us doing that. <laughs> we used to have to drink the rainwater that went into the gutter thing, into the ground. We used to have to drink that. I remember drinking that as a kid. Digging in trash cans for food. I remember putting food in my britches that I didn't like to eat because she'd force us to eat it. <laughs> peas was my worst thing. I remember putting peas down my britches to get them outside. <laughs> I think peas was a bad thing for all kids because I, mine was peas and Brussels sprouts. Oh, she used couldn't to, stand either one of those. She used to do that uh, sauerkraut and weenies too, man. Ugh. And liver and onions. Oh my God. All mm -hmm. this went down my britches. 
<laughs> they're watching and I had to eat them I tried to swallow them whole with milk so I didn't have to chew them up what <coughs> but anyway she's the she's mean I think she's cut me twice one I don't remember but I have a scar on my wrist where it looks like she tried to cut me my wrist once but she went the opposite way I got a scar there I think she did that too Wow. We get locked in the closet and have to use the bathroom in there. I remember her having my stepfather down there. I remember my stepfather, the only abuse I remember from him was he went down on me once, probably about five, and my brother was laying in the bed. He did that. That's the only thing I remember about him being abusive. And then my mom having him down on the ground with a butcher knife to his throat. And us going out the window, going down the alley to get the grandparents to come rescue him. <laughs> but wow. I think I blocked out a lot. I ran away from her, I remember her chasing me around car. Around a car and she couldn't catch me. She gave up, so I got to be out in the real world for a little while by myself. <laughs> I don't know how old I was about six or seven when I ran away from her because I knew she was gonna beat me when I got home. I think it was because we were in the trash can eating food and we weren't where we were supposed to be, so I knew I was going to get in trouble. Right. Wow. I don't know how, but CPS got involved and took it. And I remember her coming to the orphanage and giving us told she was going to give us up or she was going to hurt us. But she didn't, but she gave us up. I think we were there from about 8 to 11. We got separated. Oh, wow. So the first foster home, we went together. And then my brother ended up peeing in some kid's mouth. I don't know why. And they made him leave. And we got separated from then on out. So it was just you and your brother? Yeah. I had a sister, but she died when she was an infant. I think my mom did that, too. I don't know the details, but she like drowned in her, from her milk or something. So they say. I know when we were homeless as a teenager, I went back to, to my mom and my grandparents for help. And I remember her chasing us away with a butcher knife. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's something else. She died early though. She's already dead. She oh, died wow. early age, I think. From kidney failure. She wasn't a very good mama. I'm surprised I came out as half as good as I did. But <laughs> I was very strict though on my children. Too strict. I brought what my punishments to my children, corners and spankings at an early age and all that stuff. Next question. Okay, hey, so. <laughs> huh? It's kind of hard. I'm just. 
because you you you've told me stories before but like now I'm hearing even more and I'm like I have the same question about you that I did about Antonio like how did you survive because that oh like from abuse started for you at the age of five from your step well I think from your there. step my mom I think my relatives raised me when I was like little infant infant wise I think they told me that my my aunt or somebody did most of my raising so I don't really know when the abuse started like I blocked out a lot of what she did to me hardly have any memories except for the bad one and then like the like I told you she cut my face because I told on her for cheating with my father did I tell you that mm -mm. yeah I heard my father she took the doorknob off our door so we couldn't escape our room anymore and uh like you could see the couch and I saw her and my real father getting it on on the couch and I guess I needed to tell my stepfather so I did and the next thing I know, she's grabbing me up, setting me up against the wall, and she's got my little brother there and my stepfather there watching me, and she just started cutting my face and made them watch. And they did not do nothing. He did not do nothing. They just let her do it to me. And that's all I remember. What is that? I don't remember none of the pain. I just remember, I don't even actually remember the cuts. I just remember that she was going to do that to me. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how we survived, but we did. Yeah, you. <laughs> wow. I. Okay, we we may have to have another one because now I have more questions coming out. Because I know you wanted to tell your story, but there is so much more to your story than what I thought just from hearing you respond to these questions, and it's. Yeah, that's why I said it might take a couple and then piece it all together, maybe. Yeah. Because um, I'm just like jumping from like from here to there to there, not really telling all the details yet. <laughs> yeah. Like I got CPS dealings with to put in there because they stole my children and gave them to my abuser. And now I see what you mean when you say that, like your first your first son you were literally duped into signing away your rights to him so your 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 father's slash your abuser literally tricked you into giving up your son to him yep i think so and then he let us i think about danny was going into the first grade i believe and we decided that we wanted to try and take care of him so my dad told me when I picked him up yeah I used to go over there and visit him all the time too I mean we were so poor and we'd have flat tires on the way to go to Ranzas from Houston and we'd be driving on a rim in the grass just to get home because <laughs> we couldn't afford a tire <laughs> all kinds of stories and I don't know how I made it but I did my husband hit me and threw me out the car I've been thrown outside naked from my husband the first one <laughs> and I've had my head put my head through the through a window and had a knife to my throat with my son in my hands. Christopher is the one that's homeless now. 
all kinds of stuff I've been through. That was all from the time I was 16 to 83. We was homeless from the time I was 16 to 83 off and on. Hitchhiking. Truckers would help us a lot. Cops would help us. And the only reason we had a place to live in 83 is because his parents died. And we inherited oh. that. So that's why we had a place to live. Magnolia Gardens has its own little stories. Let me tell you what. Living there is something else. I went back over there the other day. And down memory lane. Mm. Okay. So from what you've been told, you had relatives that raised you until you, like when you were a toddler and everything, and then when you got to your mom's, that's when you had you had your stepdad, and then at the age of five was when the abuse began with him. I'm guessing that I was five. I don't really know how old, but I know it had to be. I don't even know what how old I was when CPS got me. I tried to get all my records, but they said it was so long ago they probably didn't have them anymore. But I have tried, so I don't really don't have details the right details on how old I was in each situation. I'm just guessing that CPS came and took us around eight or nine, and I was there a couple years. Okay. So, how I got to where I am now is struggle. <laughs> As you said with Travis, you guys went to New Mexico. We went to New Mexico. We went to Oregon. We went to Louisiana. We went to Tennessee. So I lost, I lost a kid in, in New Mexico, and I went and stole him back from CPS. Actually, stole him back. I went to court, and they charged me with abandonment of child, and they weren't going to give him back to me. And he called me up. And he ran away from his foster home, so I picked him up and brought him back to Texas. What? <laughs> they lied to me. CPS lied to me. I tried to get hold of him, like, oh, he ran away, and we don't know where he is, and the whole time he was there. Mm. Where he was, they just lied. Lied, lied, lied. And with CPS took... When CPS got my, I think it was like 87, I'd already had, I think I had Danny, but my dad was raising him, and then I had Nicole, and that's the one they took. They said she was, I don't know, they raised her to tell her that I, I almost killed her, but they diagnosed her as failure to thrive. So when I went to therapy, because they said she was like 13 pounds at a year and a half years old. And I don't believe that's how much she weighed. Because, I don't know, with Corey, I looked at pictures of Corey, my 21-year-old now, and then her pictures when they took her, and they're about the same size. What? So, I don't know. I think they fabricated a lot of it. Anyway, they took her because they diagnosed her as failure to thrive, and they raised her telling her that I almost killed her. She loved her abusers very well. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I can't seem to strike up a relationship with them now. And then I lost a child in Tennessee. She ran away. She accused Travis of meth touching her too, and Christopher. In Tennessee, she told CPS that Travis and my son Christopher were molesting her together. And we were getting evicted at the time she ran away. And we were coming back to Louisiana because he had a job there in Louisiana. And we tried to get, I mean, Tennessee to bring her down to transfer the case to Louisiana and we wouldn't do it. And we didn't really have the money to fight. So I kind of had to just let go of that one. And then after a year, they adopted her out. And I couldn't even talk to her. I tried to talk to her, and they hung up the phone on us in the middle of conversation. And from what I gathered, they told her I didn't want to talk to her, and they always told me that she didn't want to talk to me, so that's where it got left. And then I could leave her a letter. If I, if I gave up my rights, I could leave her a letter at, for when she turned 18. And I said, I'm not giving up my rights. No way. I wish I had computers back in them days or Facebook to fight CPS back in them days, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. What was her name? Her name's Teresa. She's changed it though to Daniela something. We still don't get along. She contacted me when she turned 18. And I, to me, I can't let go of any of that mess. And they kind of just want to move on and leave it alone. And I can't. It's not settled for me. What CPS did was wrong. What my father did was wrong. Mostly CPS because they allowed it to happen. So I have a lot of issues with CPS and want to fight them and change the way they do things. Really bad. So you had one son who your father took. Yeah, he committed suicide at 23. And they didn't tell me until eight years later they lied to me. I tried to call and talk to him. Oh, you don't want to talk to him? He's a doing bad and he don't like you and he's in gangs and he was dead the whole time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I didn't find out till Teresa told me eight years later. And of course she attacked me and told me it's all my fault and all this. And they're right, it is all my fault. Had I got my stuff together in the very beginning then my children wouldn't have to go through what they did. But I made better choices than my children wouldn't have gone through what they did. They did. Right? Wow, you definitely have a story. Wow. Yeah. I fought for my, ki my kids with CPS in 87 through 89. I fought tooth and nail to get them back. I hitchhiked to therapy, hitchhiked back home 10 o'clock at night trying to get back from therapy over there in downtown Houston. No car, no bus. What? <laughs> I fought for my children's only reason. I didn't lose all of them. I had to trade two off for two. My court-appointed lawyer told me, if you don't do what they want, then you're going to lose them all. Come to find out later, I could have fought each one on an individual basis, and I would have won at least the two that I had, but I could have took it all the way to the end. Wow. So the court-appointed the court, court attorneys sucked. They aren't, they aren't, they're for CPS and not for you. I think all that needs to change. 
I think advocates need to be created for families, the parents. I had a homemaker that when I was going through that, mm -hmm. no power either. That's how come I almost had all my kids home, but we didn't have no power. So somebody told them we didn't have no power and they yanked all the kids back out and wanted to go to trial. I mean, I even moved. They even told us we need to move. The husband needs to go turn himself in on warrants. We went to carrying classes. We went to therapy. We did everything we were supposed to. He went to AA. I went to, what are they? Not to AA. They tried to get me to go to AA, but you know. <laughs> I didn't have an alcohol problem or a drug problem. What is that, NA? For the spouses of alcoholics? Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't just, know what it's called. I just, AA. I just went to AA with him. Hmm. And therapy and parenting classes. And I still lost all my kids. I mean, two of my kids. And they gave them to my abuser. And then he turned around and abused my daughter. And they drove my son to suicide, I think. I don't know. When he moved in with us when he was six, he told us that they told him he looked like the devil. My stepmother burning the cigarettes, all kinds of stuff. And they told me if CPS gets, ever gets called on, you let me know and I'll be damned. When I got this six-year-old back, CPS got called on us. Not, not long after that, and they come and took him. Wow. I made the mistake of letting them take my daughter to the, to the doctor by themselves, and they never brought her back. And then six months later, I told CPS, you know what? Because they wasn't putting this six months after the fact. They come and got my daughter. Six months after the fact, I've still got no therapy going. Still got no parenting classes going. Nothing's happening. Wasn't being able to see my daughter. I said, you know what? I'm just going to give up my rights to my father. That way I know I can get my daughter back. And the next thing I know, my daughter, my dad's coming down for the weekend and asked to take all my kids. I just had a baby, too. She was like three months old. Teresa was three months old. And my dad and my stepmother come and say, well, let us take the kids for the weekend. And I wasn't wanting to give the baby up, but she talked me into it. So I let them take all the kids. And then come that Monday morning, I got cops knocking on my door with guns pointed at us to arrest us for child abuse, injury to a child. This is six months after the fact, because I said I wasn't, I was just going to give up my rights and get away from y'all. Y'all ain't doing y'all's part. And the next thing I know, they decided to put us in jail because of it. And they put us in jail. And I think I was there 21 days. And my lawyer told me, you need to get out of jail because your dad's trying to take your children. What? Wow. You got my children. And I, the only way to really prove that he did is if my daughter ever came forward, but I don't think she's going to be strong enough to do that. So at this time, you have all five of your children with, with, are now with your dad. Four. I only had four kids one first husband. Stephen okay. was an oddball with a relationship after my husband died. 
So he died when, in 91, I think I was 27. So I was widowed at 27. And I took my kids to work with me. So we was on welfare, food stamps, and then I, I did the paper route. I did a paper route for a long time. I did the paper route with Stephen while I was pregnant. I think two weeks, so I had Stephen. I think that's why Stephen fell. <laughs> so you had you had five children total. I got seven. Four Danny Nicole. Huh? I had four with my first one. Mm -hmm. Danny, Nicole, Teresa, and Christopher. And then my husband died in 91. I got, I mean, Stephen was born in 92, so it wasn't long after. <laughs> but hey, he wasn't a very good husband. What can I say? What? <laughs> he wasn't a very good husband. And then I was single until I met Travis in 94. I think 97. Actually, I met him in 97. 1997, I met Travis. And Travis was a little hood rat. Him and my son decided to go robbing apartments and stuff. <laughs> wow. I was working at Steve's Barbecue in Baytown. And I was doing the all-nighter because it was Thanksgiving drying up turkeys and stuff and I wake up and there's cops I'm looking at the cops and like we need to look under the couch to see if there's a knife under there and I'll be goddamn if it wasn't what and they tell me your wow. son your son and Travis they were looking for merchandise in my house and they found some they were robbing apartments wow or houses or something I don't remember. But when, I mean, Travis went to jail for like 30 days. I tried to get him to turn himself in. I went to take him to the police station and he hauled ass running. What? <laughs> but I got to, I did construction work with my first husband while we were homeless. On a couple of places in Dallas, I think I worked with him and then Travis. We started doing our own thing in 2002. And we would take jobs together working on crews. Okay. And we decided to go off on our own and start our own little company and that's what we're doing. All right. All right, Ms. Lisa. Well, what I'm going to do is let's definitely schedule another interview. Yeah, this, when you go over that, you might have some other questions. Yeah. Yeah, so what is a good time for you on Wednesday? I'm uh, open from, let's start at, I'm open from like 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Let's do the later because 
uh, let's see, I got to pick up a kid probably at four. And Instacart's better in the morning. So let's do 2 p.m. All right, let's do 2. All right. So I don't know how I survived. I just did. Really, I don't know how. I just did. Wow. That means you are meant to be here, Miss Lisa. Is there is you definitely have a purpose. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Hopefully it's helping other people not go through what I went through. Or to deal with what well, there's a lot of people that went through what I went through worse than what I went through. A lot of people went through worse. Unfortunately. So I kinda wanna because I've dealt with my husband's sexual abuse and not knowing about it. I want to try and help little kids come forward instead of keeping it a secret. Somehow. I don't know how we can do that. Better than what they got implemented already. Right. Because well, it is still a major issue. It is still a major issue. Yeah. It's been a major issue for since time began. Adults have been messing with children since time began. And it ain't stopped. So I don't know. They say because they've been abused when they were kids, but I was abused and I've never sexually abused my children. Now physically and mentally maybe a little bit. I probably dragged some of that in there. But I never touched them sexually ever because of what I went through. I don't understand how they can do that. That's not an excuse for me. What? How can you be attracted to a child? I don't understand that. Yeah. All right. All right, Ms. Lisa. So let's got you on the schedule for Wednesday at 2 p.m. And then we'll still meet Wednesday at 8 p.m. as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the 2 p.m. is to do part two of your interview, but the 8 p.m. is the actual meeting for us. So. Ooh. All right, Ms. Lisa. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to also, once we finish all of the interviews, then I will send them all over to Antonio with my note, with my notes so he knows how to go through and put it together. Are you going to send me a copy of the recording too, please? Yes, ma'am. I definitely will. As soon as it finishes um, processing, I'll email it to you today so you'll have it and then I'll do the same thing Wednesday as well. And I'll label it for you your interview part one so you'll know which which part it is so i got i got like trying to talk to my daughters and stuff i still have all them emails a lot of my emails from my daughter Teresa, where she's really hateful to me and stuff <laughs> i kept them what <laughs> so i have proof i tried to make it work but you just keep putting this top in there and blaming me for it what Anyway, thank you for the interview. You're very welcome. Thank you for trusting me <laughs> to interview you. Thank you. You're welcome. I will see you. We got a meeting tonight? Yeah. Yes, we are doing OBA tonight at 5. Oh, yeah. That's every day. Yep. <laughs> we got no yep. one. What? 
Yeah, then we have um, Bill and Susan um, at, after that at 8 o'clock. I might be getting in touch with them too later in life to help yeah. or they will they can definitely do that phil and susan can help you master that one all right well thank you for the interview you have a great thank day. you you too miss lisa i'll see you later on this evening all right bye-bye